when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, all right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. Sari Delamont with you, the attorney whisperer. How y'all doing in this weird COVID world? Hope you're hanging in there. Uh, before we get going, a reminder, a request, really, of all my peeps. If you have not reviewed the book or the podcast, please do so. Uh, we have a great review Um from KK5667778. So I don't know who that is, but she said for the podcast, I'm not a personal injury lawyer, but I represent plaintiffs in employment cases and I've gotten so much out of Sari's podcast. I'm definitely a better lawyer, advocate, and person as a result. Thank you, Sari. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you for listening. And we just got another review on the book uh, from Kay who said, great book. It's so easy to read and straightforward with fresh ideas on how to build a group. I'm also reading David Ball and Damages and his book and Sari's give me everything I need to give a great opening and pick the right jury. Well, thank you, Kay. I hope that it is continuing to serve you. We really want to hear from you. If you want to go back a couple episodes, I talk about my first two-star review. So that was uh, super fun to receive. Actually, it was super fun. So go listen to that one if you haven't heard that episode yet. But we really want to hear what you think about the podcast and the book. So please give us a review. If you're listening to the podcast now, wherever you're listening to it, you can just hit the star review there and uh, that will ping us and we will get your review. Well, today we are talking about likability. Uh, but what if I'm not likable? So this came out of a podcast, two podcasts ago, um, called Integration. That was podcast number 75. And I had a comment uh, over on our Facebook page. By the way, if you haven't gotten uh, to the Sari Delamont Coaching Consultant page, give it a like, do that as well. But you really want to be in the From Hostage to Hero Facebook group. If you're not in there, it's a private group. We talk about the podcast. We talk about the book. Uh, I go live in there once a month. You definitely want to get in there. But um, on that Sorry DLM page, someone listened to the Integration Podcast. And in the Integration Podcast, I talked about how I see so many of you trying or attempting to be someone else in court, someone I don't recognize. You know, we've worked together, for example, and then you stand up and you start doing your opening statement. I'm like, who is this guy or gal? You you become presenter guy or presenter gal, or you start doing weird, manipulative, gimmicky shit that you learn at a CLE that just doesn't resemble you in any real way. And so that that podcast was all about how to integrate your personality, meaning be who you are in all areas of your life. So you bring your real and true self into court. Yes, with polish. Yes, with good presentation skills, but that you don't try to become someone completely different. And so the the comment from the podcast was, yeah, but what if I'm not likable? What if I'm not XYZ? I mean, don't I basically need to put those things on in order to win over the jury. I mean, that wasn't the exact words of the comment, but that was the question. So this is my answer in the podcast today. Um, let's talk about what that comment really represents, because I've heard that 
a lot and are seen I've really more seen it no one's really put that into to words like like Paul did in his comment but this is the problem is it not I mean what we're ultimately saying when we have to put on a, a persona when we come into court is who I am is not enough I have to be likable. I have to be charismatic. I have to be persuasive. I have to be all these things that I go to all the CLEs to learn how to do. And then I show up in front of jury and I I don't even recognize myself, <laughs> right? This is what I want you to stop. And I have a, a podcast called Trial Is Not About You. I think it's number 64. Yes, I actually looked it up ahead of time. I know my long-term listeners will be so surprised because I'm constantly scrambling. But it's 64 and it's called Trial Is Not About You. And I go into to depth about why trial is not about you and how trial is set up to serve you if you would only let it. So that would be a good one to go and take a listen to um, as you're exploring this concept. But today I want to talk about likability in, in, in specific terms, because this is a term that comes up quite a bit that you need to be likable. And whether you've ever listened to or read anything on sales, which I'm sure many of you have, because, you know, we're trying to sell our story. And so, so many of you have been sold, quote unquote, all the sales techniques. Likeability is a concept that comes up quite a bit, you know, and even social science shows that quote unquote likable people are more likely to get what they want and and persuade and so on and so forth. So my question to you when we're considering this concept of likability and, you know, what if I'm not likable or how do I become likable or what is likability? That's really my question. What is likability? Because this is where I start to laugh and where I think this whole thing breaks down which is what the hell is likability anyway? Who gets to decide who's likable? I mean, I don't think there's a single person out there who can really honestly say that they like everyone they've ever come in contact with. We all have people that we just don't like for whatever reason. Many times, if not most times, it's not even personal. They're just people we don't gel with. I mean, do you like everyone that you're in contact with? I don't think so. So if that's the case, follow my logic here. How on earth are we saying that likability is this attainable, achievable thing if it's so subjective to the actual person that we're talking about? Each individual juror is going to like different people and dislike different people. Therefore, it's not even possible to meet the standard of likability because everybody is going to like or dislike according to their preference. So it's not even something that's achievable. And not to mention that if you don't like someone, I'm sure there's someone else in the world that does like that person, right? So if we're using that, again, as a standard, who determines whether that person's likable? If I don't like them, but somebody else likes them, what are they, 50% likable? (laughs) Again, it's not an achievable goal. And, but... I think it's an and, not a but. Trying, quote unquote, to be likable is a mess. I've seen it happen where you try to go in and you put on the persona of whatever you think is likable, which oftentimes, most of the time, nearly 100% of the time, ends up being just a nightmare. It's, it, it doesn't ever work to try to be likable. The only sane thing that we can do, my friends, is to be ourselves. 
because anything else is madness and it's not achievable, as I've just said. Who determines what likability is? Each individual juror. There's not some standard that says this is what likability is. Therefore, trying to achieve that is going to make you crazy. So I'd like you to like put that on the likability and back away slowly and really embrace the fact that who you are is fucking enough. Jesus, I'm so tired of the world telling you that you have to be different. If I'm the only voice in this world or this career or this industry that says you are enough, then so be it. I'm going to keep ringing that bell, but you are enough just as you are. And the real realness and the authenticity, that's the closest we're ever going to get to likability. Because that across the board, realness, for example, is palatable and acceptable to nearly all human beings. Because even if you're an asshole, as long as you're real about it, people get it. They're like, well, that's who he is. They don't have to like you, but at least they can trust you. I mean, let that sink in for a moment. When you are what you are, that helps people feel safe because they don't feel like they're being put on, which is, by the way, one of the number one fears of jurors. Now, do you need to be the best version of you? Yes. That's what my whole work is about, is, is first of all, claiming your uniqueness and your greatness and then working with what you have to get out of your own way and to really show up in a big, bold way. It's not about mediocrity. It's not about going, well, this is just who I am and just like, come in there and phone it in because, you know, I can't be likable, so I might as well stop trying to be anything. No, 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 no. You're going to be authentic, you're going to be real, but you're also going to be awesome as fuck because you're learning great skills and you're trying and you're risking and you're showing up in a big way. And this is where coaching helps, right? So many of my coaching clients are like, man, I couldn't even do the things that you have suggested in the book until I got into the mindset work because I was too afraid to try. I mean, some of the things you suggest, sorry, are pretty damn risky, but it wasn't until I got out of my own way in my mind, in my head, that I could actually start playing with them and recognizing that they do in fact work. So there's, there's, there's components here. We're not saying just phone it in. We're saying, yes, you work on becoming the best version of yourself, but you don't try to, as you've heard me say before, bend yourself into a pretzel, become some version of a lawyer that you think jurors are going to love and accept because that's just not even possible because every juror is different as we've talked about. Now, the second component of this whole, what if I'm not likable, is something I talk about in depth in episode number 64, but I want to talk about it a little bit more here too, which is the concept that the reason why, the second reason why you don't have to worry about being likable is because trial is not about you. You are not the show. You are not the thing that jurors are coming to see like a movie. Your job, by the way, is not to charm and persuade. It is to find and empower. Let me say that again. Your job is not to charm and persuade. It is to find and empower. Now, what do I mean by that? There are jurors in the jury box that arrive that day that are there to do the job that you need them to do. They already exist. Your job is to find them and empower them with the tools 
to be able to do the job you need them to do. That's your job. Your job is not to charm, persuade, try to turn jurors or flip jurors. You know, we had to, uh, in the membership, if you're not in the membership, get on the wait list when we open again in October. We are having so much fun in there, practicing dire, learning about nonverbal communication, case workshops, and you get so much stuff for such a low monthly fee. So go to fromhostagehero.com and add yourself to the wait list. So when it opens it again in October, you can get in. But we're having so much fun in there. And yesterday we were in the voir dire circle, which is where we get together and practice voir dire. We have one attorney play a, a, a attorney. <laughs> and um, then we have six people, six attorneys play juror. And then we switch four times. It's a two-hour class. We do it once a month. We might even be offering more because it's so popular. And so in the voir dire circle, the question came up yesterday about, you know, one of our attorneys was playing, quote unquote, a bad juror. And someone who didn't believe in our cause about responsibility or, you know, accidents, mistakes happen, can't sue for every little thing, you know, stuff we hear all the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And one of the attorneys asked, well, should I try to, quote unquote, flip this juror or persuade them to our side point of view? And I said, no. Okay, for one thing, I don't think that's possible. But two, we can use that juror to our advantage. We can use that juror to form the group. We can use that juror to bring up themes that we want to talk about. I mean, that juror is not someone that's not of any use to us. But flipping that juror, that's not our goal. Because again, the juror that we need, the jurors that we need exist. They're there. All we need to do is find them. That's why I, I help you create the ideal juror profile. So you know who these people are and how to find them. And once you find them, then you empower them with information, with tools, so on and so forth. That's the whole from hostage to hero method. But we're focusing on the wrong thing when we're focusing on being likable. Because what we need to do is recognize that this isn't about us. It's about the jurors. I mean, we're talking about voir dire. So much of our two-hour thing yesterday was all about getting out of our own way. When you're talking too much, you need to put it back on the juror. It's like hot potato. It's like you have that potato for just a few seconds and you throw it back out to the jurors, which means shorter questions, talking less. That's the biggest feedback I get from my attorneys. They're like, oh my God, I'm talking too much. And these are attorneys that are already pared down their voir dire <laughs> after listening to me. I'm like, you can still do less. You can get rid of now what I want to talk, talk to you about or tell me a little bit about you can get rid of that. You can just jump in and say, oh, so that was that was really interesting. What was that like? You can just have a conversation with the jurors. You can just continually put it back on them. Because here's the thing. Here's what we're doing. What we're trying to do from the very beginning is increase what I call permission. That's our ultimate goal. Permission is how receptive someone is to us. It's not a verbal thing. It's a nonverbal thing. And as we get more and more permission, we can ask more and more of the jurors. What we first ask them to do is to remain present. Then we ask them to get engaged. Then we ask them to commit. Then we ask them to take action, right? Each one of those things require that we have more permission than, than previous. How do we start building that permission? We make our jurors feel so empowered, so smart, so engaged that they have so much permission. We have so much permission by the time we get into opening that even if we are a little sloppy, that even if we are, we do miss some of our content, even content, even if we do screw up a word, it doesn't matter because that's what permission is, is it not? Permission is letting people get by and not be perfect. 
Think about the people in your life that have a lot of permission with you. We give them a pass, don't we? We don't, requ- we don't require they be perfect. We oh, well, that's how Johnny is. Or, yeah, he's pretty absent-minded. Or, but he's lovable, so on and so forth. That's what I'm talking about, is that we build so much permission and voir dire by really making it about the jurors and not about our likability. Because again, our job isn't to be charming and persuasive. It's to find and empower that the jurors just feel like they are the smartest, most engaged, most empowered group. By the time we get to opening, we have tons of permission. It doesn't mean we want to be sloppy, but it allows us to be ourselves, to come back full circle, to not have to be perfect. So what I'm going to suggest is that you ditch trying to be quote unquote likable, whatever the fuck that is. Who the hell knows, right? I mean, some of you think I'm like the best thing since sliced bread and other people think that I'm, you know, most annoying lady that cusses from Portland, Oregon, right? That's how it is. So ditch trying to be likable and make it about the jurors and becoming the best version of yourself as possible. And showing up in that space and getting out of your own way and recognizing that you are just the conduit in which all the truth of the case flows through. And that it's the jurors that we are really concerned about, that they feel heard, that they feel empowered, that they feel important. All the things I teach you how to do in the From Hostage to Hero book and in the Facebook group and in the membership. I'm here to serve I hope that's been helpful. Hang in there, my friends. We're going to get through this together. And uh, give me that review. Talk soon. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sorry's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today, and until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.